Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad Pobble. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for the Brad, clap once Brad again. Brad likes it when I applaud for him when we get this it, started. It's becoming a habit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why she does it every time, but it does boost my uh, morale. It Whatever really does. Whatever it takes. It, you know, thank you. Yeah. We have a guest today, and I'm very excited to talk to him. His name is Hainan Landa and is the founder and CEO of Optimal Networks, Inc. So welcome. Well, thank you. Wait. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, oh God, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. What's, we have to what's happening? What's happening? I was applauding you. Oh, oh, no, no, we need to applaud you. We need to see if our producer has like one of those fake applause things that they use. There you like go. You, just you turn can put a button in that and, and, a, and a laugh track and we'll be good to oh, go for the whole time. Man, we failed. We do need a laugh track. I think that would be great. Since we don't have enough real yeah. laughs. So before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about you? Uh, how far back do you want me to go? Uh, as far back as it's fun. When you were born 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the college years. I, 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 was, I was born on a small farm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was, turns out, in Israel. And I moved here when I was, when I was two and a half. And then, uh, I don't know, I got a, a bachelor's, master's from electrical engineering, um, oh, in wow. electrical engineering, computer science from Hopkins, Johns Hopkins and uh, also an MBA from Wharton. And so my mother is very, very proud of me. Yes. I, bet I feel a little uh, self, uh, uh, self-conscious. Ins- yeah. <laughs> Insignificant right now. <laughs> and it, it turns out right as I graduated Wharton, um, going through the entrepreneurship program, uh, this was like the, be- the in 1991, it was the boom of the uh, computer era. Right. Mm. And I realized that companies really, really needed help with that. And so that's, That was the company that I formed, Optimal Networks, wrote the business plan at business school and then came out and started helping helping companies doing that. And over time, uh, we really, uh, so we've been doing that, wow, for almost three decades now. Wow. That's crazy. And and we're based in the D.C. area, uh, which means we, from the the get-go, had law firms as clients because there's a lot of lawyers here in D.C. And over time, we really, really honed in on... Uh, law firms as uh, one of our key clientele. And that's where we are today. We're about 45 people and we have uh, lots of clients in the DC area and uh, clients uh, sort of uh, up and down the um, eastern seaboard. That's fantastic. So you really got it off the ground before that dot-com bubble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. We, we went, we cruised right through the yeah. dot-com didn't even notice. Wow. The OG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's lucky. I, I remember those days I did a couple of startups that uh, popped <laughs> during oh. that bubble. Didn't quite make it. Well, you don't Listen. have the background. I know, clearly. Has, so. You know if the main metric they were working on is how fast you were spending their cash, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we we came across an article that you wrote in ABA's Law Technology Today and just absolutely loved it. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk more to you today. So in the article, uh, one of the items that you mentioned is customer service makeover. I'm a big advocate for customer service. The brand is so important, the culture of an organization. Uh, Maybe elaborate a little bit on that. How how does that uh, resonate with you? Why did you go down the path of saying that there needed to be a customer service makeover? What are your thoughts around that? I think it's very interesting that we're all working from home now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and law firms especially have found that they're very, very capable of working from home. And they don't any longer need to have an office to show off to their clients, right? And, they, and they're functioning very well like this. Um, in fact, even before the pandemic, what I was seeing was that technology was moving really, really quickly and that attorneys are more mobile and they're able to serve more clients in different places. But on the flip side, you're looking at customers doing something like two thirds of their buying journey online before they even pick up the phone and call an attorney, Mm -hmm. right? Which means that they are looking at Yelp reviews or other kind of reviews, online reviews. They're looking at the website. They're looking at all sorts of stuff digitally before they even pick up the phone. And they are also having zillions of options, right? It's not just one option. Right. If I'm an attorney and I can serve a client anywhere, it stands to reason that if I'm a client, I can pick an attorney from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you got to look at what's more, what's the most important? Okay. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to attract clients. I'm trying to retain clients. I'm delighting my clients and I have to switch my mindset from the traditional, oh, um, we're going to build a law firm and our reputation alone will bring us in referrals and clients to, hey, these guys have choices. Mm-hmm. We want to be the best choice. And I come at it from a technology point of view. And I'm saying, let's stop looking at technology as a cost center. Let's stop, let's stop um, being scared of technology innovation. Let's start embracing it. And let's figure out how we can use it to um, really increase our ability to serve our, our clients because that's what's going to bring, that's what's going to make them happy and that's what's going to bring more clients through the door. Mm-hmm. So in some extent, you would say it's almost a wake-up call. I know you first mentioned that, I mean, firms and lots of businesses are actually flourishing. They're doing a good job working from home. They've been able to adapt cloud-based solutions if needed. They've figured out how to use Zoom, Teams, WebEx, things like that. But you really, I mean, there's more to it than that. You know, they're having to compete a lot more. So in some senses, it is it is somewhat of a wake-up call for them. It's, a, it's an absolute wake-up call. In fact, that's why I wrote my book, too. And I wrote my book before the pandemic. So the <laughs> pandemic was sort of, was sort of an interesting uh, reflection on it. It's because, like you knew it was uh, coming, yeah. No. Yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> What's happening next? No. <laughs> Please. Um, listen, uh, Microsoft CEO uh, just said a day or two ago, I think, that during the pandemic, It was like two years of technology adoption crammed into two months, Mm, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And what was really cool about this was that law firms saw that they could do it. They all jumped and they made it and they landed and it worked. Gave them the push they needed. It was, it's wonderful. Well, it was, it was a push, right? A big push. Um, If you look at um, Thomas Friedman's book, Thank You for Being Late. It's a terrific book. He talks about this idea that technology has been um, changing exponentially. And, and, and this is something called Moore's Law. We talk about this a lot in technology, which mm-hmm. like every about 18 months, the processor speeds double, right? So it's very tech talk. But uh, 
and definitely the hardware lags behind the software and all that. But what it means is if you go back and you think of how you were in a law firm and how you worked 20 years ago with fax machines and phones on your desk, and now you're sitting with a cell phone and you can do anything, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Just about anything with a cell phone and the updates go faster and faster. You know that they can um, like new, new technologies actually spread through the community at a much faster rate than they ever used to. So if you look at that as an increasing pace of change, that's just going to keep increasing. That's just going to keep getting faster. And you need to lean into that pace of change and embrace it and figure out how to work with it to make your client service better, your prospective clients uh, experience better all the way through and through so that you really have a competitive advantage. Because the firms that ignore that and are just kind of sitting um, you know, with their arms crossed saying, hey, we're gonna keep working the way we used to keep working. If we gotta use email, we'll use email. Clients will work the way we expect them to work. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that's going to be a winning strategy going forward. So you have a firm that, you know, is going to take your advice, going to lean into the technology. How do they make that that shift, that paradigm shift in their minds to how they used to be, to how it needs to be now and how to carry that customer service in a technology centric environment? I, I sort of lay it out a little bit in the book mm -hmm. um, and I sort of pull apart what um, like how to focus in on customer service and how to. I call it customer, client service, however you want to, however mm -hmm, you want to talk mm -hmm. about it. And I really split it into four pillars of service. And one of those is responsiveness, right? That you have to really be responsive to the client. doesn't mean you have to respond to their every request 24 by 7, but you at least have to be able to if you want to, mm -hmm. right? Um, we talk about, about bringing ex about expertise as another pillar. How can you bring all the expertise of your organization to bear as needed for any particular client matter? I mean, you guys have great software for that. It's that mm -hmm. kind of software that you, you need to have in your back pocket that brings your people together. It's mm -hmm. also the, the Teams, Microsoft Teams and Slack and Zoom and all those other ways of internal collaboration that you need to bring in so that you can bring the right person, the right content, the right expertise to the client at the right time. And then I talk a little bit about a pillar called results. What is the client expecting? Can you deliver it? Are you tracking it? Mm -hmm. I have a great example for you. I have an attorney that I've been working with since I was like two years old. Um, <laughs> so at least 20 years. And uh, <laughs> I was going to um, say 18. Thanks so much. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I've been working with him on collections, you know, on the off chance the client mm -hmm. doesn't pay. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, I bring him in and um, he has a 100% hit rate with me. 100% wow. wow. win rate. Boy, that's a nice thing to know, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What's a secret? <laughs> guess, yeah. Guess, guess what I tell all my CEO friends when they're like, hey, I need to do some collections. I, I got someone for you. Right. <laughs> right. I will bet you that he does not realize that he has a 100% win rate with me uh -huh. and because I don't believe it's something he tracks. I don't think in general, it's something that um, law firms track. And I think they could. Yeah. And I think they could. And I think they could show their value very specifically to their clients. Well, yeah. And the final pillar of good client of exceptional client service is um, innovation. 
And I think that's something you can lean into um, on two fronts. I think you can look at innovation operationally. So you can say what new technologies are coming down the pike that can help my firm be more productive, be more efficient, be more responsive. And you bring those in in a positive, methodical fashion into the firm. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you could look at innovation um, from the lens of your clients and say, are there any technologies that are coming down the pike that are affecting my clients that I should come up to speed on because I might want to be the expert in that area for my clients mm-hmm. right. you know, on the legal front? You know, so, I've, I've talked about uh, giving that same experience that you're used to at home in the workplace, not only for your employees, but also for your clients. And that's kind of what you're saying, I think, is let's look at the technology that everybody's using, what they're used to, and be prepared to meet them where they are on that type of uh, technology or environment. Do, do I have that right? Or I think I, I think that's definitely a part of it. Uh, I have a uh, an attorney that works with his clients in Slack. And I I bring this out because if you are saying, hey, look, the only way that you can work with us is via email, because that way we have control of all the documents and we have control of it internally and we have our email filing system and all the other reasons that it makes sense to work with us via email. And I'm comparing you to an attorney that is willing to come into my Slack instance and work with me as I work with everybody else in my organization. Mm-hmm. He's come and met me more than halfway. Oh, he's yeah. literally, he's coming and living in my house, he's living in my <laughs> office. And, and I, it's so much easier for me to collaborate with him than with anyone else. Yeah. Right. I so, can see that. Uh, yes, I agree with you. I think you need to look at what your clients are doing and take a step towards them. Yeah, conform to some extent, at least. To some extent, you gotta yeah. look. Look, you're an attorney. Middle, you gotta yeah. look at. Yeah, you gotta look at security, and you have to look at your your responsibilities and all that other stuff. Agreed. But take a look at it from the point of view of the client too. Yeah, especially depending on the type of law that you're in too. Like your client could be going through some really personal stuff, and for you to take that extra step and really meet them in the middle. Or confirm, conform, excuse me, to their ways a little bit. It's going to mean on a personal level a lot more than you probably realized, in all honesty. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. leaning in, too, and uh, just as you had said, you build that trust, mm-hmm. too. Oh, yeah. 100%. And it's not just the communication technology. It's also the collaboration technology. Like, I have um, not an attorney, but I have uh, someone on my team who went to an attorney, I actually don't even remember the the matter they were working on, but he wanted to co-author the document with his attorney. He wanted to work in SharePoint or in, you know, Microsoft Teams Mm -hmm. or whatever it was to just actually work back and forth collaboratively on the document at the same time with the attorney. Um, And he got flat rejected. (laughs) (laughs) And there may be reasons for that. Okay, I'm I'm willing... (laughs) I'm willing to say, okay, fine. You know, maybe the attorney had reasons, but he walked, he walked out of that office with um, not the best feeling. 
on the flip side, you know, Brad and I work, you know, we know firsthand since we work with software too. I mean, how cool it is though to even have that opportunity where you could do something like that if you wanted to or if you were able to. There, there's tools out there that, what you know, if you wanted to co-collaborate on a document like that, there's ways to do that. And that's just, it's so cool what it does for the business and your, your customer relationship as well. Listen, even if you give your clients the ability to comment on a document as you're working on it, that's sort of interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting to get into a Zoom call with a client and work on a document with them like they're doing with everybody else? Mm-hmm. It's a little different. It's a little It's a little bit risky, but it gives the client a sense of participation and connection. Oh, right? yeah. And at the end of the day, you're probably going to save a lot of time doing it that way. Well, and you've, you've lost a lot of that connection opportunity oh, yeah. with, you know, being remote. And this is ways to build that back and to get exactly. going in that direction of building that trust. Yeah, I totally agree with that because we talk so much about, you know, Zoom calls, virtual consultations, even virtual litigation. But there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a huge yeah. opportunity as well to stay engaged and stay in touch with your clients. Um, so I want to go back a little bit because you touched on this earlier and Like, you know, I'm a marketing girl, so I got excited, but you started talking a lot about, you know, now that everybody's working virtual, working from home, there's different tools that we're having to engage with more, like building a website, enhancing a website, um, cultivating more online reviews. So I really want to talk more about that. So how can you really engage with your clients throughout that entire journey once, once they find you online, once they find your website, once they find the reviews on Yelp? Um, yeah. Where do you go from there? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. And I don't want to pretend that I'm a marketing expert, um, <laughs> but I will say that you want your marketing presence to be consistent with your reputation as a company. So let's say that you're out there, you're doing phenomenal work and you've got people writing reviews online that you're terrific and you have a prospective client. They're looking online they see all these reviews and they click onto your website and your website looks like it was built in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Oregon trail. It's got the little, <laughs> I forgot about the Oregon trail. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's because you so, died of dysentery. That's why yes, you forgot. I did. <laughs> oh, oh, ouch. And, <laughs> wow. And the fonts aren't nice or it gives like a very stodgy sort of representation of who you are as a firm. You, that's going to turn them off. Uh-huh. Or let me take it a different direction. You go in, slick website, looks beautiful. Um, and you put in a request, your, your prospective client puts in a little uh, mm-hmm. web request saying, I'm very interested. Uh, can someone please contact me? Simple, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Crickets, takes right? Three, takes you three days to respond. What, what happened? Mm-hmm. They found somebody right. else. Exactly. They got too many options out there and your website and your entire digital experience for that client fail to deliver what you're planning to deliver when they actually connect with you in real life. Mm-hmm. So th- this is the stuff we actually have to pay attention to now. It's, it's not fun, right? In the sense that, I mean, it's fun for you because you're a marketing girl. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not fun for your average attorney to think that they're going to be represented by this you know, online digital pamphlet, you know, yeah. I, I don't think it's that, that exciting, but I do think it's important to pay attention to how we complete that 
buyer's journey before they actually get us on the phone. Yeah, it never truly ends. You know, you 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 work with somebody, you get this awesome website built, and you can sit back and relax. And that's not the case because you're bringing people to your website because you have this awesome marketing plan now that's live. You have an amazing website. But once people get there, if you're not responding or if you're not giving them that good experience, you wasted however much you just spent on that amazing website or on that amazing marketing plan. You have to you have to deliver in all areas for it to be worth yeah. it. Yeah, you really do. And I've seen some very interesting um, stuff come out <laughs> this um, <laughs> during this pandemic. Stuff, uh, I, yeah. I went on to, I went on to a, a lawyer's website and they had one of those little chat bots down on the bottom, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So that's sort of interesting, right? So it pops up, I'm trying to read the website and this little thing pops up and it's like, I'm here, I'm here 24 by seven. Can, do you want to ask me a question? Yeah, like, waving well, their arms. Hello, please yeah, ask wait, me a question. And you're sort of looking at the bottom corner with this little thing bouncing up and down. And you're like, well, that's sort of interesting, but it's a little inconsistent. And when I actually talked to that firm, they said, oh, I hate that thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's take a step back and hit it a little bit more real. Let's look at it. Uh, give an example of an, a firm that you've seen turn that corner and what it and why it kind of stood out to you that that one turned that corner, leaned into the technology, leaned into that customer-centric approach. I'll give you an example of a client that decided to sort of um, consolidate their losses in technology and come forth with a much better plan. Um, this was one. this was many years ago, uh, and they they had a system. They had been it was on site, and then it they tried to move it to the cloud, and it was half in the cloud and half out of the cloud, and it didn't work, and it just caused them tons and tons and tons of frustration, and they were loyal to their vendors, but I think they finally realized that they, this was not, not helping them and it was detrimental to their firm. So what they did was they, they contracted with us to move them to a virtual desktop environment. That was not cheap either because their system was sort of in disarray and we had to take it and pull it back together and move it into the virtual desktop environment. And since that time, they have been operational with technology. It has been like a rock for them. (laughs) They are based in Miami. And when you look at things like hurricanes that hit Miami, when you look at things like the pandemic also hit Miami, (laughs) um, you know, they, they were able to keep working and they did not go dark. That's Some awesome. of their competitors went went dark. They just picked up and went home. Mm-hmm. And they kept working just like they were used to. And so this is a firm that basically had to lean in. And I think it was, I think it was a, uh, at the time, it was a difficult decision for them because, you know, who are we? We're a company in Washington, D.C. You know, why would they entrust their yeah. information system of course. to us? But, you know, they like what they saw. They took the leap. And, and I think that's part of it. I think it's, it's changing the mindset. I mean, I, I don't mean to toot our horn here. I think I'm happy with, with the work we did. Okay, I do mean to toot right. our horn a little bit. <laughs> we'll let you but have I'm, that one. That's why you're here. Yeah, it's okay. No. <laughs> thank you. But, but you know, they, they changed their mindset with technology, and they realized they had to do something and make it work. And, and it ended up being good for them, but it really ended up being good for their clients, who they were able to continue serving through all these interruptions. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like you said earlier, at the end of the day, you have to conform to some extent to your clients. And it's 2020. So obviously, technology is a huge piece of that. And I know you mentioned, yes, it did cost them to make this move. And, you know, there's firms, there's people in all different situations right now. They may be able to afford something like that. They may not be able to. But I think what we learned today is that there's still there's still tips and tricks and things you can do to adapt to your, your client, to your consumer. Um, regardless of how much you're willing or able to invest at this point in time. But it's important. Exactly. Yeah. So we like to, obviously, I learned a lot today. Otherwise, I wouldn't have just said that. But we really like to end each episode with um, like one takeaway. Each of us likes to give one takeaway of something that our listeners can literally go home. They can come in the office next week in a couple days and they can put into play immediately or just something that you feel really strongly about. So I'm curious if you were to say, hey, if you guys totally blacked out, didn't listen to anything today, but here's the one thing I want you to take home with you, what would it be? And you can only pick one, even though they're all. I can only pick one. Yeah. <laughs> only pick one. But they can go read your book for the rest, right? Wink, oh, wink. Good. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, please go read my book. Um, <laughs> I really, I really want anyone who is still hesitant about taking a leap into new technology to start thinking about it. To start thinking about it from the point of view of how can they improve their relationship and their service to their client. Mm-hmm. with technology. Yeah. And you know what? You just gave a really good example. Before that, it could be completely migrating to some sort of cloud-based solution, or you could be a solo firm and you may not even have a Facebook page. And that could be your first step. So there's different levels. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, go back and read the book. Oh, wait. Did I, did <laughs> I already I said that? that for you. <laughs> we'll give you, we'll we'll give you some you. time, too, to... to, yeah. to <laughs> Will you sign my copy? No. <laughs> I'll be happy to. Aww. Yeah. All right, Brad, what about you? So I'm going to give a little bit of a story, and it may oh. date myself here. No, no, no. So I was watching <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. The oh, other day. oh, yes. The other day. The other day. Okay. I know. Right. I know. Dating myself here. Technology, Little but, House on the Prairie. Where but is this going? they had to go see an attorney. Oh, okay. okay. All right. And actually, during this episode, it came up like, how can we trust the attorney? Yeah. Okay. And the answer was, look at this building. Look at look at the desk. Look at how much money they put into this brick and mortar building. You know, they didn't use those terms, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> but clearly we can trust this person. Yeah. And it just, it kind of made me think about, you know, what you were saying in, in this particular episode is as we've progressed way past the Little House on the Prairie days, <laughs> people kept doing that brick and mortar, you know, impressed by the building, build that relationship. And just like what you're saying, times have changed. Now you have to lean into that technology. You have to build that level of trust in other ways via uh, being able to communicate. And one thing that you said is you may not want to communicate 24-7, but you should have the capability to do so Mm -hmm. in case you want to. And that builds that relationship and meeting them kind of where they are. And that's kind of what I took away, you know, all the way back from that little house on the prairie episode. (laughs) It all came together at the end. It did. It kind of all came. I knew there was a reason I watched that. That's funny. Well, and it made me think this is is a terrible story and my husband would kill me. But we got a letter in the mail one day and he got a really bad speeding ticket. And, you know, even us, we're in the legal industry. Like I have connections. But the first thing I did was I went online and I looked in reviews to help him find somebody to take care of it for him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's what you do. It's what you do these days. Um, 
I would say one of the things that I really liked, Hainan, were your four pillars. And I like them for a lot of reasons, but obviously it's something that people can just take away. And like I said, next week they can go into the office and say, hey, you know what? I need to be more available today. That's what I'm going to work on this week. I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm responding to calls quicker, that I'm responding to emails quicker, that I'm picking up the phone within two rings instead of letting it go to voicemail, something like that. And that's an easy step that they can put into play immediately. So I really enjoyed your four pillars, and I think those were great. Well, thank you. Really good stuff. Before we end, <laughs> can you uh, just – you know, plug your book and, <laughs> again. One uh, more time. No, it's good. Kidding. I want to know where you can get the book. I want to know where it's available. I'm going to read it. Yeah, because yeah. he's going to sign okay. it for us. All right, full book plug right now. All right, let's <laughs> let's do it. Un unabashed book plug. Um, it's called The Modern Law Firm: How to Thrive in an Era of Rapid Technological Change. Okay. You can actually go to the website modernlawfirmbook.com. You can find it on Amazon. It is available in any format under the sun, including Audible, Ooh. which I had a blast reading myself the entire thing. So okay. um, That's awesome. Hopefully uh, you guys can find it. And if anyone wants a signed copy, let me know. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's iffy. It's what iffy. does a girl have to do? What you guys don't see right now is he's wearing a, a T-shirt and a hat with his book's name on it. <laughs> no. And they're like lining the bookshelf in the background. There's like 42 right. copies of them. <laughs> what? I had that when I was, when I had, a, a, um, when I had this desk lower down. <laughs> I got, I got there tons it is. of them all over. There it is. <laughs> That's no, amazing. I'll tell you. I'll tell you in the book, it's, it's a quick read. It's, it's easy to digest. And it, um, not only does it go into the pillars in depth and talk about the technology changes, but it also has like a very practical self-assessment on where you are in your technology across 14 different traits. It's like a 360 That's assessment. Nice. And it kind of shows you how to go out and lay that into a timeline and how to improve yourself on every aspect. Well, I, for one, will say that we really enjoyed having you today. You were a lot of fun. We learned a lot. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a blast and a half. Good. I'm <laughs> glad you liked it. All right. And everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Lex Factor. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.